The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Yevamot. Masechet Yevamot has been dedicated and sponsored by our dear friend, Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife in honor of his uh, family and Hatzlacha Varvacha Bechol Maaseyadav may be zocheh to raise his children in the ways of the Torah, they should give him much nahat, he should have many more children with health and happiness, and he should have berachah bakol mikol kol, him and his entire family, amen. Just a note of interest, as we study Masechet Yebamot, many of the cases need diagrams, we have chosen the Sefer Siurim Le Masechet Yebamot as our uh, book for the diagrams written by Aaron Shalomo Berabi Baruch Moshe Hafner available in the bookstore so we refer to pages we are using uh, that sefer today's daf is Again, our Gemara over here is now going back and forth to try to bring proofs. What exactly did Bet Shammai do regarding to Sarat Erva? Did he continue fulfilling his opinion? Uh, and therefore, he had a great machloket with Bet Shammai Bet Bet Sarat Erva. Or did Bet Shammai indeed retract from his opinion of Sarat Erva to agree to Bet that would be Asura? So the Gemara says, Tashema Adam Adam Yohanan bin Nuri. Yohanan bin Nuri came along and said, Hea Chalacha Zuravachat be Israel. How can we have such a halacha in Kla Israel? Nasek, the Vrebe Chamai, Havalad Mamzer, the Vrebe Telim. We're going to have a situation here, and they're going to have marriages or yibums according to Bet Chamai, that's going to make Mamzerim according to Bet Telim. Whereas according to Bet Chamai, if they make yibum under Tzara, which that's what he says you have to do, According to Betelir, this is making a bi'ah with an ishet ah. And bi'ah and ishet ah is yisud karit, therefore the child is mamzer. Now the other way, na'asik of the Betelir, and if we're going to follow Betelir, shita by saying you need nothing, havalad pagum le devre betchamay. The valad is going to be pagum le kabe betchamay, meaning if you're going to have a lady, right? And she's subject to Yibum according to Bet Shammai. But Bet says, no, she's free to go get married. There's no uh, Yibum, no Halitza on it, Sarat Erva. So what's going to happen to Bet He's going to allow this lady to go get married. Let's say she gets married to a Kohen. Now what's going to happen to the child uh, of that relationship according to Bet Shammai? Pagum. Because bottom line, that Kohen came from an Isur marriage. Even though Kedushim is Tofsin, it's only Heber Lavin. It's only Isur Lav for this uh, Yibama to go marry let's say, somebody else, before she made uh, Yibum or Halitza, so, so, but what's going to happen? It's Pagum. Now the kid that comes out is going to be Pasul for Kehuna. So that she says, Havadat Pagum is going to be Shemai. Di'imayak Kohen, Pasul Kehuna. Vafagav devne Haibel Avin Kishirin Lekahal. Even though, let's say, the kids are not Memzerim from Haibel Avin, Halalim Im Nenyan Kehuna, like we're going to say later on. So therefore, the Yohanan was not comfortable with having a Halakha over here where According to one shita, the kids are mamzerim. According to another shita, the kids are possibly can be pasul for kiuna. So therefore, what do you want? Do you want to make a takana? What's the takana? He said, "Bov and takel lahen letzarot shiyehu holzot velo mityabemot." Which means, let's make a takana now that according to everybody, even betelel, you have to make halitza on the uh, on the uh, yevama. On this lady, on the tzara, I should say. Now, what are you going to gain by this? You, you solve the problems. Now already, no more yibum. Only, only halitza. So I got rid of the mamzer problem, according to Betelim. Because Bet Shemai is not going to make any more uh, yibums over here. So therefore, you're not making a relation with the Eshet Ah. So you're making a halitza. You make a halitza according to Betelim. Okay, it doesn't... Uh, uh, she's a halitza, not going to hurt anybody. And according to Bet Shemai, it works to good. Now that you're going to make a, now that Betelel is going to make Halitza, now if she goes to marry somebody else, it's not a problem, there's no psul in the uh, Keuna. So therefore, the, but she cannot marry Kohen, but the children, the, the marriage itself is a legal marriage now, which means uh, now she goes to marry uh, somebody else, according to Betelel Shammai, the marriage is no suit over there, because Bama Halitza was given even according to Betelel. Rashi says, Tapashi, 
Shiyu chotzot. When are you going to get shiyu chotzot? V'yinasu l'shuk. They'll be able to get married to the market. Bechshed v'rakol. Which means everybody will be able to marry the v'rakol. So come to Gemara and says. So again, what are you gaining by Rabbi Yochanan Takana? According to Betchamai, the lady can you can marry Betelil people because Halitza was done. So therefore, she's allowed to marry to the Shuk. Therefore, you have no problem. You have to worry about it. Furthermore, according to Betelil, you really take care of a problem. Once, make, once you're forcing Betchamai to make Halitza only, you know there was no Yibum done. So therefore, you have no problem of Mamzerim. That was Rabbi Yochanan's original Takana to do that. And however, what happened? Lois speak with the Gemara but they couldn't execute it. They weren't able to finish the gizeh. They weren't able to actually implement it. Until there was a she says bilbul. There was confusion or certain excruciating circumstances that did not allow them to to pass the law, and therefore they weren't able to, uh, like I said, implement. Which they didn't have the zechut. Rabbi Yohanan wasn't able to, to make this uh, Gezerah. So now, Rashbag comes along. Amal le Rabban Shulgam Niel, man na'asa lahem netzarot rishonot me'ata. He's okay. Rabbi Yohanan, what, what are you going to fix over here? You're going to say now that you have to make a halitza. Okay? Which is very nice. You solve the problem. But what are you going to do to the original ones before your takana that now made you boom? Right before that, uh, people were following Bechamai, let's say. Right? And the ladies were going and they were fulfilling Yibum. The Tzarat and I was making Yibum. Now you're passing a law that says what? That the only way you can do this over here is through Halitza. And therefore, it's Mashman that you're clearly saying that Yibum is not an option. And people are going to think it was never an option and it's uh, terrible. <laughs> and what's going to happen now? You're being posel, all those kids, all those kids that thought they, all those people that thought they were doing right at the time, at least according to Bechamai, now when they did, the Amarasi is only Halitza. Only Halitza? Oh my, I made the Yibum over here. Yibum's Asur. And then what's going to happen? The kids are going to become Mamzerim. So they according to everybody now. Because you're making it, it's, it's a unanimous uh, ruling over here. So the, the, the Rashbag was trying to understand, you know, what were you gaining by this over You are going to affect the Rishonim. The pre-Takana people are going to be now uh, ruined. Look at uh, Rashi. They made boom already. You're pissing on that there's no boom. So, again, originally people, they did have what to rely on to make him. They had Bechamai to rely on. Right? Now all of a sudden you're coming along and saying, no sir, according to everybody, only Halitza is an option. So now what, you want to now, Boser, uh, all these uh, children over here? So you, you didn't fix anything. So it says, I amar pishtama asu. Or now we we'll go back to our point. If you say that Bechamai kept his halakha, meaning he followed through, hainu de kamar manase. That's why the Shbag said, what are we going to do? Which means, because there was cases of where the Yavam made Yibumati Sadaf Elva. Because Bet Shammai followed his case. That's why the Shbag had a concern. But if you're saying Bet Shammai never followed his Halakha, which is bad, Bet Shammai just said it, but he always agreed with Bet So basically nobody ever made Yibum with Sadaf Elva. My Manaseh. So what was the man Shemang was saying? What do we do with the old case? You don't have old cases. If Ben Shammai never followed his law, so therefore you never had a case with someone where with, 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 with uh, Yavam uh, made you boom with the Erbat Salah. So he says, Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Lo Nitzrecha Ela Nitzarah Atzma. He says, we're not talking about over here the kids. That wasn't a man Shemang who exclaimed. You're right. Ben Shammai will tell you really, Lo Asu. And really what? They only... Uh, Made the Halitza. But what happens? According to Betelel, let's say. According to, actually, according to everybody. According to Betelel and Bet Shammai, they all followed the same Shita. Which means what? They did nothing. The lady was Asura, and therefore she can marry whoever she wants without any procedure. Correct? That was Bet Shammai and Betelel Shita. Now, what are you going to say? Now you're going to come along and say, no, you need Halitza. Now, a lot of ladies had gotten married without Halitza. So now, <coughs> but it's not ishit ish, but it's a, it's a problem. It's yisulav. So therefore, by making this salakha, according to everybody now, you're ruining all those ladies that got married without making a halitza, because everybody followed Betelin. 
Ben Betelel, of course, and Ben Betchamai. That means what? Once there was a lady in Salat Herva, she's mutar. Oh, mutar. They all got married, hundreds of ladies. Now what? Rabbi Alamunin wants to come along and say, Takana, you can't get married till you make Khalitsa. Oh, now all these people, these ladies are married. You get them nervous now. We, we got married Bisu now. What are we going to do? We're going to make Khalitsa. So he says, um, and, and the Gibra speaks it out. Uma na'asa hakik amar. Hanach tsarot de betelel. Lebet Shamai Hechi Navid Leu. She's Din Sarot of Betelel. Alibad the Bet Shamai, what are we going to do with them? Actually, the Mifashi point out, it's, the Gemara is only asking it, what is Bet Shamai going to do with the Betelel? It's really a question of Bet Shamai as well. Because we're saying Bet Shamai retracted. Bet Shamai also followed Bet So really, it's a question according to all of them who all were following the opinion that says she can marry off without a. Uh, halitza, what do we do? Lechlutze, so you must have a problem. Let them make a halitza now. Even though she's married, go to the lady that's right. Say, listen, by the way, we have to make a procedure with you. We have to do a halitza. Uh, they can't do that. They're going to become the spies to their husbands. Why? The husband's going to get turned off because he's going to say, no, I'm married to this lady for 10 years, and now I see that really I was married to Isur. Because once already you're making this procedure, so he's going to, he's going to become maus. Because he doesn't, you don't want to tell the husband that was married now that there, there was a procedure that should have been done and wasn't done. That's going to cause uh, problems between the husbands and the wives. Vichitim a lim asan, and you might come along and say, "Who cares? Let them become maus." Halacha halacha. If you got to do a halitza, you got to do it. Because that's not an option. The ways of the Torah are pleasant, and all its roads lead to peace. And therefore, we're not going to implement the halacha. That's not going to cause shalom by it, problems between uh, uh, husband and wife. So that was the claim that what? That Rabban Tzur had on the Takana, and therefore really I, could, I have no proof. I can really say, Bet Shammai lo asu. That Bet Shammai did not follow their halachot um, and sarot. And the issue was that everybody uh, allowed this lady to get married without anything. The Takana, now saying everybody has to make Halitza, is going to be problematic to all those ladies that got married in both schools without a Halitza. And what are you going to do? Let them make Halitza now? It's a maus. And then I had the Kenoam, the Kholati, what Shalom. Tashema. We have another proof from the Brayta. The Amar Abitarfon. Abitarfon said the following uh, statement Te'ebani Matai Tabot Salat Tabat Liadi. <laughs> the Bittaf once said like this, I have a uh, desire, I'm, I'm yearning. Now automatically that word, I'm yearning, when the Fashi point that it's mashma that already, it's hadush was what he's going to say, because smashma that is controversial and questionable. So he said, I really have a tava, a, a, a that what? That I'll be able to marry my daughter's tzadah. I should make you boom with my daughter's Sarah. Meaning, his daughter was married to his brother. Mitafon's daughter was married to his brother. And it was a Tzara. So, basically what he's saying... Not his son-in-law, his brother. Which means, my brother... His brother, for the boom, it has to be his brother. If his brother dies, now I can marry Tzara Tabat. The Mephashim all questions, the doesn't like this interpretation of Rashi, because he wants to kill his brother. So he has a different interpretation. But that she learns like this, which means he's really saying, he says, oh, I, I, I wish. Mashma, the way, again, the key of this question is the word te'evani is mashma. I desire it to do something novel, like it's a hadush I'm going to do over here, that if he dies, I'll be able to marry the tzara. Now, who's that going according to? Bechamai. When he said marry, he meant, meaning for Yibum. So therefore he's saying, I wish I could now have the chance to make uh, you boom with my uh, do- my daughters, Sarah. That's called Sarah Terva. And it could only work out according to Bechamai. So you, what do you see from this story? Bechamai, uh, they, 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 they follow their law. So comes the Gemara and says, Ema ve'asiena. He wasn't saying he's going to marry her. You make you boom. He meant to say is, I have a ta'ava that what? That if my brother dies, I can marry her off to somebody else, straight, without anything. Now who's that going like? Betelir. Who's the opinion that says, if the brother dies, Salat can marry, without any procedure? Betelir. 
So he was saying, and I have a desire, if this happens, I can just marry my, uh, I can marry the tzara off, without anything. So the Gemara says, the, the word ta'avad is much you're doing something as a hadush. This is not a hadush. Everybody was doing this. This is betelel. What do you mean? You have a ta'avad to do this. I mean, everybody can do this. This is not a hadush. This is shitat betelel. No, that came with the Yohanan bin Nuri. He was saying, I'm saying this to the exclusion of Yohanan bin Nuri that would say, you can only marry her off of after she makes halitzah. Because didn't Nabi Ahlab really want to make a takana that according to Bethel you have to make halitzah? So then what we were saying to Ivani, I have a desire that I could just marry her off straight. That I wouldn't have to worry about Nabi Hanan's opinion to make halitzah. So we have no proof again the Gabe Bet Shammai whether he was Hoser or not. Gemara continues, Tashema. Uh, there was a story with the daughter of Rabban Gamliel, Shaitan Ahiv. He was married to Rabban Gamliel's brother, Abba. Rabban Gamliel's daughter is married to Rabban Gamliel's brother, Abba. And he died without children. And the Bangam Liel made you boom with the tsara. So the Gemara says, What are you going to say? You going to tell me now that the Bangam Liel is a student of Bet Shammai? Can't be. The Bangam actually came from the lineage of Hillel. So we know he was he followed Hillel. So what I, I can just say over here, he made you boom on the tsara. That's only according to Bet Shammai. The only one that allows you to make you boom on Salat al is Bet Shammai. Bet Shammai Matirin. Bet So what was he doing? Ela Shani Bitosh Rabban Gamliel Da'ilonit Havai. It's a different case here. She was an Ailonit, which means what? She was unable to bear children, his daughter. And therefore, as we learned earlier, if she's an Ailonit, the assumption is that what? She doesn't make a case of Salat al only somebody that would fall to Yibum technically would now create a problem of Tzadat Erva. And Ailunit is not in the parasha of Yibum. What's the whole purpose of Yibum? To procreate, to have children. Ailunit cannot have children. That therefore, she never was considered Tzadat Erva. She never fell, we'll say, that way. Therefore, the Tzadat was permissible. That's the way the Baraita says. The Kibbara says, wait, we're not finished. Ve'ham mediktani sefa. Acherim omrim. There's a sefa of this Baraita. The sefa of the Baraita reads like this. The end of the Blaita answers, oh you should know, you know how this worked, why the Bangam was allowed to make Yibum with the Tzara, because it was Bito, his, his daughter was an Ailunit. Michlal, implying, which means if the Sefav the Blaita introduces that his daughter was an Ailunit, the beginning of the Blaita is not going with that. Which means, we had a question, we wrote a Braita. Hey, Rabbi Gamal made you boom with the Tzadat Erva. So we answered, no, no, it must be she was an Ailunit. You can't answer that at this stage. Because the Ailunit was not introduced until the end of the Braita. Achirim Omrim, she was an Ailunit. But the first part of the Braita is not working with that, uh, that, 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 that case. Also, how do you answer that? So how do you answer that Rabbi Gamal, to say he was followed Ben Shammai is not, a, is, not a, is not an option. Because we're going to say, we, we know he's from uh, Ben Telel. But if you're saying he's following Bet Shammai, you do see at least Bet Shammai Asu. They did, they did have their halakha, they didn't retract to Bet if he was making Yibum. So the Gemara says, we'll answer, we'll answer the question. We have three answers how to answer. Hekirba velo hekirba ikabenayu. That's the first answer. Hekirba velo hekirba. Which means like this. Tanakama will also say she was an Ailonit. Oh, I thought you said, but the Sefa says, I don't need. What do you mean? The Resha can be, I don't need. No, because there's two different cases. The Resha that said the Bangabal married the Tzara, it was told about where his daughter was an Ailonit. And the reason why he was allowed to do it, because Lohi Kirba. Remember we learned earlier, according to one opinion, when the fellow got married to an Ailonit, but didn't know she was an Ailonit at the time he got married, we call that Mekah Ta'ut. I was saying, if he would have known she was not Ailonit, he wouldn't have got married in the first place. So therefore the Kiddushin was never even a Kiddushin. So it wasn't even considered as if they were even married. So the first part of the Brayta is saying, you know why the Bible was able to make you, you boom with the Tzadat Irvah? They were doing Irvah here. Because it was like Kiba. 
when he got married, Abba, his brother, he didn't, uh, he didn't know. The second part of the bride that comes along and says, no, even Hekirba would be okay. Why? Because even if Hekirba means he married her, he knew she was an Ailoni, no problem, the second part of the bride says, why? Because bottom line, when he dies, the Ailoni doesn't fall. And Ailonit was exempted from Yibum. So therefore, who makes it Sarat Irva? When both of them fall to the Yavam, now you have a problem with Sarat Irva. The Ailonit, it was a marriage. You don't got to uproot it, Lemafreya. And still the second part of the Brayta is saying, Mutar. But what do you see according to all these opinions that Bansarul Gamliel was following Betelel? Because this is all according to Betelel. He wasn't being Mekel like Betchamai. According to the first opinion, the Ailonit was never married. According to the second opinion, was married, but so what? She never fell. It's not Sarat Irva. So therefore, he wasn't following Bet Shabbai. One potential answer. <laughs> Second answer. Iba'etema kanas ul besof giresh ikabenayhu. Which means like this. If you remember, we had a mahloket earlier. Kanas ul besof giresh. Means like this. The brother of Rabban Gabriel married Rabban Gabriel's daughter. Bito. According to the first opinion, he was also married not only to Bito, then he got married to the Tzara, okay? And then after he was married to the Tzara, he got divorced to the daughter, Kanas, got married, Ubisov Kiddush, got married. Now when he died, who fell? The Tzara. And therefore this opinion holds that it starts at Sh'at Mitah. Which means all the Yibumas activated at Sha'at Mitah. Bottom line at Sha'at Mitah, who fell? The Tzara, no problem. And therefore it was permissible. The second opinion holds no. Once they were married together, even before he died, the Tzara is considered an Edva. Even though he gets divorced later. If they were married together, what's the Pshat? Potentially, since if he would die... You'd have a problem, even if he doesn't die. It's a problem. Meaning, according to that opinion, which is the second opinion, the Yubu already begins at the Nisu'in. Begins at the marriage. Also, how you can explain it? So that's why the second part of the Bible says, she was an Ailonit. That's why the second part of the Bible came on that she was an Ailonit. Once already you come on to say that she was an Ailonit, so the Ailonit will never be Osir, the, uh, the other Tzara. They were married together. And then he died. Oh, how can he marry the Tzara? Because the Ailonit is not considered anything because she never falls. Which is even when they were married, it's not a problem because the Ailonit can never fall to Yibum. That's why the second part of the Bible has to come on to Ailonit. The first part didn't. The first part said she was regular. She wasn't Ailonit. Right. Was, they were married together. There was a divorce before uh, uh, he died, the brother. They made divorce to the bat. Therefore, no problem. Second says, no, it's not going to help me in that case. Once they were married together, it's a problem. That's why it's to say, no, she was Ailonit. Third answer. Okay. Can you make a conditional bi'ah? What is a conditional bi'ah? Look at that sheet. Yesh tenai bi'ah. Hakones isha al tenai she'en aleha mumin o nedarim. Fellow married a lady. Bi'ah. But the condition was, listen, I'm only on the condition that this is going to be consummated that uh, you don't have any physical blemishes, and that you don't have any prior vows on you. You don't make any nidarim. Sometimes the ladies, they made vows on them. All of a sudden the guy gets married, he finds out she made a vow that she's not going to wear makeup, or something like that. So he, does, he wants to uh, be careful that there's no nidarim. Vinimsa sheyesh aleha. Now after the bi'ah, he realizes this is a mumin. The tanakama ma'ani tenai. The tenai is good. Ve'avi taut. And therefore, nothing. That bi'ah is considered nothing. And therefore, Bekartaud, you're not married. V'tanai haya lo le'ehav shalachim shalabagel b'bito. See, Rabagamliya's brother married his daughter. Meaning, Rabagamliya's daughter. But what? Made a condition with her when he got married. That if so-and-so, we're married. If not, the bi'ah is nothing. V'lonet kayim. And she wasn't able to fulfill the tanai. Hilkach lav ishtohi. She's not considered the wife. Because according to Tarakama, what's happened? She's making out. And therefore, there's no advice. All it is is Tzara. Ben Tzara tamuteret. So what's the second sheet? Vahirim savi de'en tenai mu'il bi'ah. So no, no, no. You can't make it. Once you make bi'ah, 
It is what it is. The kevan de ba'al achole achil. The kedushin is hal. Why? Because in Adam was be'ilato be'ilat zinut. Which is because we say as a semara, a person doesn't want his bi'ah to become bi'av zinut. If you say there was no marriage over here, because the time wasn't before, then what did the guy do? He just was with a lady for no reason. So therefore, we say that even in any condition, the kedushin is a kedushin. Oh, so we're back to the question then. If the condition, according to the second shita, is doesn't mean anything, definitely he was married to Bito. So how he was able to marry the tzara? The answer is Ailonit. Same answer. Since he was an Ailonit, you were married. Doesn't matter. When he died, Ailonit doesn't fall to Yibum. Once Ailonit doesn't fall to Yibum, there's no tzara Tzara. Therefore, the Bengali was allowed to marry the make Yibum with the tzara Tzara. Kebra continues, Mativ Rav Misharshia. The Kebra has a question. Ma'aseh b'Rabbi Akiba. Shliket etrog be'ehad b'shvat. ונהג בו בית עשורין. אחד כדברי בית שמאי, ואחד כדברי בית הלל. אה, סטור סטורי. If you remember, במסק ראש השנה, we had a great machloket, when is ראש השנה לאילנות? When is the uh, new year for trees? According to בית הלל, תו בשבט, תת ואב בשבט. According to בית שמאי, א' שבט, ראש חודש שבט. What's the נפקא Years know this. I'll explain you very simply. The seven years of the Shemitah cycle, every year has its own ma'asir. Which type of ma'asir do you have to give? For example, in the first, in the second, in the fourth, in the fifth year of Shemitah, the ma'asir is ma'asir sheni. Every farmer, whatever his fruits are, or every consumer, whatever fruit he has, he has to give ma'asir sheni. It's his ma'asir, you've got to go to Yerushalayim and eat it. In the third and the sixth year of Shemitah, you've got to give ma'asir ani. That's step percent, you've got to give it to the Aniyim. So it's very important to know which year you're holding it. So you know exactly which, uh, know which year, which, 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 which Masir you're going to give. So there was a story over here, the Gebra says now, based on that, where Rabbi Akiva picked an etrog on one Shevat. Picked an etrog, the etrog is subject to Masir. Now, this one Shevat was, according to Bet Shammai at least, the third year of Shemitah. So we're talking about the years now, okay? That one Shabbat, according to Bet Shammai, a new year. So it was the second year going into the third year. So Alif Shabbat, the Bet Shammai, is considered the Ma'asir Ani. But according to Bet Hillel, the third year didn't come yet. You still got two more weeks for the uh, third year. So according to Bet Hillel, if you picked it on Alif Shabbat, you only have to give Ma'asir Shini, because you're in the second year. So what did the Rabbi Akiva do? To fulfill both opinions, he gave two Ma'asirot. He gave Ma'asir Ani, according to Bet Shammai, Considering it the third year, he gave Ma'asir Sheni, considering it the second year, Alibad the Betelin. But what do you see from here? You see from here that Bet Shammai was loyal to his opinion. When we say loyal to his opinion, we don't only mean by Tzarot. Let's review the story here, which is there was a bat call that came out from Shammayim, and the bat call said, Halacha Kebetelin. We want to know even after that bat call. Did Bet Shammai still stick to his opinion? So we said, how can he do that? Because even though Bet Shammai, let's say, uh, had the Rav, Bet Shammai held that they were they were sharper, and therefore it's possible that they still kept their halachot. Well, from this story you see that Bet Shammai held their guns. Why? Because the Akiva was trying to satisfy an opinion of Bet Shammai. That means Bet Shammai must have held that, yes, we stick to our opinion, Aleph Shabbat is the new year. If they would have retracted, they would have held, listen, we agree it's too bizarre. And therefore, if anybody would agree it's too bizarre, what is Rabbi Akiva being mahmir to satisfy the opinion? So what do you prove over here? That Rabbi Shammai asuked for him. The Gemara says, the Gemara says, let's read the story again. Ma'aseh b'Rabbi Akiva, shiliket etrog b'ehad b'shvat, v'nahag bo... בית אסורין, תו מעשרות, אחד כדברי בית שמאי ואחד כדברי בית הלל, שמר מינה, עשו, סיסי בית שמאי, was loyal to their opinion, that's what Rabbi Akiva was trying to satisfy it, כבר עשז, רבי עקיבא גנרי הסתפק לה, ולא ידע אם בית הלל באחד בשבט אמור, או בתו בשבט אמור, רבי עקיבא wasn't doing anything with בית שמאי, he was following בית הלל, he just didn't know he was Mr. Pike, this Bet Elel hold Aleph Shvat, 
or two bishvat. And therefore, to satisfy his sefik in Betilel, he did both. See, that was the tradition that he got. Yeah, it was a misupad. So therefore, it's nothing to do with Bet Shammai. Okay, next case. Matib Morzutra. Ma'aseh yalda kadlato shil Shammai Azakin. Okay, the daughter-in-law of Shammai Azakin. And a baby. Ufi hayat et ma'azibah. Vesikech al gabem mitah bishvil katan. What did she do? The baby was in the room. Upstairs. His daughter-in-law went, Shammai's daughter-in-law that is, and uh, she broke the plaster on the roof, and she put schach over there, so the infant could be sitting in the sukkah. Now, that's got to be according to Bet Shammai's shita. Because if you remember Masikat Sukkah, Bet Shammai held even a katan, meaning he's a baby, he still needs his mother, it's hayab in sukkah. Uh, so you see what? Shma'mina asu. The fact that she's going to, she's knocking down the roof to put schach, that means Bet Shammai held his opinion. He's going to Bet Tilev, this katan is patur. But from the fact that you see that they were trying to satisfy Bet Shammai's opinion, that means uh, he held it. Kebala said, no proof. This is his answer. When are we going to say it's a problem in all these Gibariot that we said, oh, Bet Shammai retracted? We want Bet Shammai to retract. Because it's beneficial that there's, there's one Torah. Now everybody's doing the same thing. Right? <laughs> if Bet Shammai is going to keep their uh, shita, and then you run into a problem of uh, two Torah, you had to answer it, it's two different Bet Tedinim, and we had a whole issue. We want, we want to follow uh, one halacha. Uh, one right? In this case, it's no problem. Even though, let's say, his Dorla was loyal to Shammai, nobody's going to know it. Because when they look at the schach on top of the roof, you know what they'll say? She's just trying to air out the room for the baby. It's not conspicuous or evident that she's doing it for the halakha. So, so long as you could follow Shammai, where it's not evident, that's not Torah, yeah. Because in things that it was evident, you see what we're going to say? We didn't do it. So we had no proof in this case. So what proofs of this story that you see a very important hadush. That when we say Bet Shammai retracted, it means even when he was Mahmir. Because this case over here, Bet Shammai was Mahmir. Correct? So we're answering up. In this case, we'll say it's okay because you can answer it up that the people are going to think he's just airing out the room. But if you couldn't answer it up, Bet Shammai would not do it. So even when Bet Shammai was Mahmir over Bet Tilel, they retracted from their uh, shita for, for Bet Tilel. In this case, there's no proof. Kamsi Kebala continues. Another story. Mativ Morzutra. Morzutra has asked all the questions here. Ma'asem beshoket yehu. Shaita bin What is shoket yehu? Shoket yehu was a rock, a big rock, that was in Yerushalayim. And it was indented, where water can fall into this rock. And water was dripping, let's say, from the mountain, into this rock. It wasn't <coughs> kosher for a mikveh, because you didn't have 40 se'ah in the uh, rock itself, in the indentation, but you had a lot of water. They called this Shoket Yehu. He was the name of the rock. And what happened with this rock? The rock had a hole on the side of it. And this hole was connected to a kosher mikveh. Now we know there's a law called Hashaka. If you have waters, this is natural waters, this is fine. But it's not, it doesn't have the shiur of 40 se'ah. You have a hole in the side of the rock that's connected to now a pool of water of 40 se'ah. Through the law of Hashaka, it says that now this mikveh haser becomes kasher. Okay? And what do they do, the people of Yerushalayim? Vechol tarot shayu Yerushalayim na'asim al gabba. Anybody that needed to make things betara would take their vessels because they need to purify the vessels, go to the shoket yehu, and dip it in there, and use it for a mikveh. Okay, so far so good. The Gemara says, V'shalhu bet shamay v'rhibuha. But bet shamay came along, and said, no, 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 no good. You have to widen the hole. It seems, there was a small hole for Ashaka. bet shamay held, the hole is not wide enough. You got to widen it. So therefore, what they do? V'rhibuha. So they widened it. Bet Shammai says that the wall has to be opened in majority 
in order to make a shaka. That's Mitzvah Shita. But what do you see over here? They follow the Shita. Utnan, Eruv Mikvaot, like we learned the Masikat Hagigah. If you want to join two Mikvaot next to each other, meaning one Mikveh is Haser, next to a Mikveh that's Maleh, Kishufofere Tanod. We said the sides of the hole is Shufofere Tanod, meaning the tube that you would put in a flask. For example, that, that leather pouches where they would drink wine. How would they get the wine? They put a tube in it. What's the size of the tube? So it says, in its, in its depth and its uh, width, the hole has to be big enough to fit two fingers in and be able to turn them around. That's the opinion of Betelev. But Betelev says, no, that's not big enough to make Eruv Mikvaot. You need to make it, the majority of the side, where you want to connect, got to be opened. That's why he went to that mikveh of uh, Shoket Yehu. And what did he do? He widened the hole. What do you see from here? Shmamina Asu. Well, they did it. They followed their shita. Right? Yeah, but our answer is now, Adam Haro'e Omer La'apushe Mayahu Dekavid. I say now, I'll answer it up. He's not doing it for the halakha. He's just doing it because to let the waters flow more freely between the two mikvahot. Which means, could be the other mikveh was running low, <laughs> where the shock it was. So they wanted to make a bigger hole to get the waters to, to you know, uh, to be uh, connected, so you have more waters. So again, as long as you don't know that it's a halakhic issue, you have no problem that asu. I don't mean you can answer it up. Look at Rashi. Which means, in a case where it looked like agudot agudot, when there was two schools, that we, that said, no, we retract. Here it doesn't look like agudot agudot, because the people that are seeing him riding the hole, they don't understand he's doing it for halachic purposes. He's doing it for uh, practical purposes. So therefore, it's not a problem. Yabarak continues. Tashema. <coughs> He says, When I was learning Torah by the Yohanan Horani, I saw he was very poor. He was eating dry bread with salt in a time of a famine. Meaning he was so poverty stricken, that's all he had. So I went back to my father, Rabbi Tzadok, and I told him, so the, the, you know, my rabbi is uh, suffering. Amarli holech lo zetim. Go bring him uh, olives. The holachtino. So I brought the olives to him from my father. The haotam shen lachin. He saw they were moist. And what was his concern? If they're moist, so now they're already mukshar letumah. We know an olive or a fruit, for example, cannot receive tumah until it was. Wet, and it be mukshar. He saw these olives were wet. His concern was now maybe they transported it in a earthenware vessel, and an amaris touched it on the way. Since these are mukshar, the olives are tameh. He don't want to get involved. Now that she says over here, to the question that his hashash was that maybe the amaris touched the outside of the kliheres. All the rabbis say, what do you mean? Kiriharet only becomes Tameh on the inside. So some want to say that, no, when the rabbis made a Takana against the Amaharis on the Kiriharet, it was even on the outside. The Ritba doesn't want to say that. The Ritba wants to say, no, 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 no. The Takana is what it is, only on the uh, inside. And they want to stick that into the Shi as well. In any event, that's what he was concerned about. He saw they were wet. He said, oh, we got a problem. Stay wet. Now I'm worried they were in the Kili Iris and Amar touched it for these olives are a problem. Amar li, so he told me, in ani ochil zetim. He did it in a very humble way. He said, I don't eat olives. Instead of telling him, I'm concerned that they're tameh and all that, he doesn't want to embarrass Rabbi Sadok who sent the olives. So he just uh, shuns away from it by saying, yeah, you know, I, I don't eat olives. Bati veodati et abba. So he said, I went home, I told my father, I said, I can try to offer them the house and I won't eat them. Amar li, lech ve'emor lo, go tell him, habit nekuba haita, ela shesatmua shemarim. Tell him, listen, there was a hole in the barrel, 
where the olives were sitting. What was he telling me? Saying like this: We have a rule by hechsher. By hechsher, the only time something can be mukshar is if it's done willingly by the owner. I mean, the owner wants it to become wet. He says, "Listen, I didn't want these olives to become wet. I'm upset that these olives were wet. You know, and, and you know why." To prove to you that I didn't want it to become wet, I put a hole in the bottom of the barrel so all the juice can flow out. Oh, so if, if I put the hole, why, why are they still wet? Because what happens, it seems, is some of the sediment clogged the hole, and therefore the liquid uh, got trapped, and therefore it, uh, it wet the olives. But he's trying to tell him, you have no problem. Even if Ramad has touched the barrel, these, ba- these olives were not mukshar. Because bottom line, there's a hole in the barrel that got clogged up. Utnan. Oh, now we get to the point. Habit shel zetin migulgalim. Yeah, a barrel of olives migulgalim. They're hard, and you try to soften them. Right? So they're rolling in the uh, barrel. Oh, just, you know, in the barrel. Bet Shemay Urim en sericha lenakiv. Bet Shemay says you don't have to be menakiv. What's the machloket over here? This stuff, this juice, we'll call it, that's coming out of the olives. What is it? At the preliminary stage, it's not olive oil. Olive oil, everybody holds, is one of the seven liquids that can machshir something for tumah. But before the olive oil comes out, it's like a... A certain juice that comes out of the olives. Bet Shammai holds, it's an olive oil. Therefore, you don't need to puncture the barrel. You don't got to do any of that stuff. Bottom line, it's not mukshar. That's Bet Shammai Shita. Whereas Bet Shammai says, no, 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 no. This stuff over here is mukshar. And therefore the only makshir, therefore the only way you're going to be able to eat these olives is what? You got to puncture the barrel to show that what? That you're not interested. Umudim, but Betelel agrees. Shi'im nikbab b'satmua, that if you made the hole and the, the barrel got clogged up, shemarim, kama, shi'teorah. Now, let's go back to the story. So now we understand the mahlog of Betelel, Betelel, what is nakshir? Ve'afalpi shetalmid shamay haya. Oh, that Absadok was a student of shamay. But when it came to practice, all his actions he followed, Betelel. Okay, that's, uh, that's the story. Now we're going to analyze it. You got the story so far? So give what says. If you're going to tell me that what? Bet Shammai was loyal to his opinion. Now we know the Hadush of the story. Even though Rabbi Sadok technically used to follow Shammai, and therefore he did not have to puncture the barrel because this juice is not makshir, the hadus of the story is that even though he used to follow Shammai, all his actions he did according to Betelel. And that's why he punctured the barrel. Well, that's why it's a hadush. I mean, the story makes a lot of sense. And that's why Rabbi Yohanan Kholani did not eat from it, because he thought that Rabbi Sadok was a you know, Shammai student, and therefore he probably didn't puncture the barrel. So that's why he said, tell him, don't worry. Even though I'm a Shammai man, I punctured the barrel, don't worry. But it only makes sense, this story, if you say, Bet Shammai Asu. But you say, Bet Shammai is loyal to their opinion, so therefore it's saying, even though they would not puncture, I did. That story makes perfect sense. But if you're saying that Bet Shammai did not keep their opinion, which is even according to them, they would puncture the barrel because they held that the juice is Maksir, my ribute. What's the Hadush? When he comes back and says, Tell him I punctured. According to everybody, you have to puncture. There's no Hadush in the story. And what was the Yohanan Khorani concerned about? Which means if everybody punctures, what are you being Mahmir for? Because the story doesn't have any, any sense. So therefore, what do you see? Must be according to Bet Shammai Asu. And this proof stands. Right, so this is another proof that we have standing that Bet Shabbat was Asu. Good? Tashema. Another story. Shalu at Rabbi Yoshua. 
Okay, this is a case here now. The answer be Yeshua. Tzarat Abat Mahu. Not a straightforward question. What's the deen of Tzarat Abat? Meaning Tzarat Arba. If it's Sarah with a bat, with a daughter. Felt the yibum. What's the deen? Now we know the answer. It's Mahlukah Bachelah Betelim. But now they're asking to be Yeshua, give me bottom line. What do you do with Sarat Abat? He answered Pav. He said, He didn't want to commit. So the student pressed. The student said, Who's the halakha like? What do you hear? You're bringing me now between two mountains. Between two groups. Ben Betchamayu, Ben Betelel. What are you putting me there? Mitiare Ani, Shemi Yarutsu Galgalti. I'm scared they're going to break my skull. What do you want me to do? You want me to say, like, like Betelel? And what am I really saying? That all those kids are Mamzirin? All those kids are going to come down and break my skull. Because what am I saying? By saying, like, Betelel, that means whoever made you boom on the Tzara is making you boom on Ishit Ah. And Ishan Ah has cut it. And then when the kids are Mamzirim, he says, listen, I'm not, uh, not going to get involved. If I say, what I'm really saying is, there's all these kids over here in Mamzirim. What are they going to do to me? They're going to come beat me up. Again, according to Betelel. Understand, right? All right, good. So Kavzi Gibran says, Aval, but I'll tell you something else. I'll give you, I'll give you another Hiddush. I'll give you a testimony. There were two prominent families in Yerushalayim. Mishpachat Bet Sivu'im. One of the families' name was Bet Sivu'im. Miben Achmai, from, from Ben Achmai's place. Mishpachat Bet Kofai. Miben Mekoshesh. Shehem Benet Sarot. Both of these people were children of Sarot Irva. Umehem Kuanim Gedolim. And they became Kuanim Gedolim, Vishimshu al Gabea Mizbayah. And they even served the Beta Magdash by the Mizbayah. So sir, I'm not going to answer you regarding the Tsarot. But you should know there were stories in Jerusalem, the children of the Tsarot. That were prominent Kohanim. Look at Rashi. <coughs> Kohanim Gedolim. Actually, we did one before that. Shem Benet Sarot. Shenasu Leshuk. Tibetelel. Which means they followed Betelel's opinion that that's Sarat Elvayr, Yani Halitza, No Yibum. They got married to the Shuk. They got married to Kohanim. They had children. And uh, they served. Rashi. Which means, uh, the Gemara asked a stomach question. They asked the Mustalaka on Sarot, and he asked them uh, the story of the children of the Sarot. So that we're going to ask, what are you doing? They ask you one question, you answer them a different question. Oh, this is not a question. Even according to Bet Shamai, the kids are Kasher. Why? Because these, this lady, let's say, this Yebama, Tzarat Irva, what did she do? She was supposed to have a Halitza, let's say. Kote Betcha, she didn't. What did she do? She got married to a Kohen. Isulav. Isulav shouldn't be a problem. It's not going to make a Kohen Pasul. No, it's not going to make a Halalah that she's telling you about. It's not going to be a problem. So technically, Isulav, which means she got, was supposed to make Halitza. Right, right. She went and got married to somebody. Else. She's telling me. I'm just reading that she. That she says that filu betchamai pshita de kesherim de bene haybe lavin bealmaninu. Continue. E amar tishlama asu. Now we get back to that point. If you're going to say that betchamai was loyal to his opinion, hayru de kavar mitchare ani. That's what Rabbi was scared. Because if Bichamai is loyal to his opinion, that means he's allowing these uh, people to make Yibum. And therefore, why you have Mamzerim around? According to Betelel. Therefore, Rabbi Yosha was scared. He doesn't want to rule like uh, Betelel. Because if he's going to rule like Betelel, the Bichamai Mamzerim now are going to come along and uh, kill him. But that only makes sense if you say Asu. Ela'i Amat lo Asu. But if you say Bichamai never executed his opinion, Amai Ka'amad Mityare Ani. What was he scared of? You're not being posted anybody. Now, give us another question. And even if you want to say asu, that bitch followed their opinion. 
My mityare ani. What is he scared of? Why? Ha amar bi Yeshua en mamzer ela mehibe mitot bedin. He holds. If a person goes with isur karet, there's no mamzer. Rabbi Yeshua says the only time you can bring a mamzer is if a person goes with somebody that's punishable by mitat beti. Sekila, serefa. Going with eshet ach is isur karet, but not mitat beti. So therefore, according to Rabbi Yeshua, there's not even mamzer over here. So stop, period. Therefore, the Gemara answers your question. Rabbi Yeshua, what were you scared of at all? Even if Bet Shammai followed their opinion. The viewer sure was scared not to say halakha like Betina. Why? He was worried that all those mamzerim are going to come over and kill him. What do you mean? The Bishop, you, you don't hold their mamzerim. You hold that well, if a fellow has bi'ah with eshet ah, it's not mamzer. Because it's only isul karet. You hold that a mamzer can only come from what? Mitat betin. And if it's not mitat betin, there's no punishment of sekilah on this case over here. It's just karet. And therefore, what are you scared of? Make a ruling. Those people that come, hey, you called me Mamzer. No, how do you call you Mamzer? You're fine. What is he scared of? You have the question? I'll tell you what he's scared of. Which means, once the brother goes with the Sarah, right? It is a problem. Mamzer not going to be. But the kids are going to be pagum. What does he mean pagum? They're going to be pasul nekehuna. Which means, let's say, let me speak it out, let's say the Yavam goes and makes shibum with the Salat and have a daughter. That daughter will not be allowed to marry Kohen. Uh, That's considered psul. She's going to have a psul now. And how do we know this? It's only what's the isur over here? Well, the isur is not isur lav. It's only isur karet. So you can tell me it can affect the children that they're going to be pasul. The kiyun has a pigam for kiyunah. Where do you know this from? So the Gemara to prove it here. I make a kavahomer from an almana. What's an almana? A widow. A widow cannot marry who a kohen gadol. It's the only one she cannot marry. Can an almana marry a regular kohen? Yes. So the Gemara says, Ma almana. She'en isuda nuheg b'chol. The isuda does not apply to all. Meaning it only applies to a Kohen Gadol. But what? Bena pagum. But if she has a son from a Kohen Gadol, her son is pagum for kiuna. Again, Amana marries Kohen Gadol. What's the status of the son? What's the status of the daughter? What's the status of the children? The pesulim for kiuna. And even though she's only asur to... Only a Kohen Gadol. She's permissible to people. Zush isura bakol. This lady over here, Eshet Ah, is Eshet Ah allowed to any of the brothers? No, Eshet Ah, she's Asur, Tamar, all the more so, the child's going to be Pasul, the Keunah. That's what Rabbi Yushua was scared of. Rabbi Yushua was scared of that what? Uh, they're going to say now, what do you mean, you made uh, these children over here uh, Pagum? They're Pagum for Keunah. Good. Comes the Gemara and says... Which means, let me, let me speak it out clearly again. So you know where we're holding at this point. Gemara says, okay, Asu. You want to say Asu? Rabbi Yashi, you shouldn't have been scared. What do you mean, I'm scared? Uh, mamzerim. No, you don't know this Mamzerim over here. You're worried that what? The Yabam went with the Tzarat Irva. There was a Yibum over here. <coughs> and according to Bittler, this is going with Isur Karet, because Bittler says this is considered Eshet Ah. What are you worried about? You, you don't hold it, those are Mamzerim. Because you hold that a mamzer can only come from where? Mitat betin. So the Bible says, I'll tell you what I was scared of. I'm not scared of people coming along and saying, we called us mamzerim, you made us mamzerim. But I'm scared of any, we made kids pagum. What's pshat pagum? So the Mephashim learned, if you're going to allow, if the Bible says, you're making the girls that come out of this marriage, pasul to marry koanim. Aye, what's the explanation? Because we have a rule, even though, uh, if an almana that's mutar 
to a regular Kohen. But marriage to Kohen Gadol, the children become Pasul Kehuna. Kalba Homer, this lady, that's Asur Lakol, the children that are going to come out of her, the daughters are going to be Pasul to marry Kohanim. Gemara continues. The Gemara is going back to the question that they asked Rabbi Yoshua. They asked Rabbi Yoshua, what do you hold the Gabet Sarat Erva? He didn't answer the question as we learned because he didn't want to get involved in the controversy that uh, the Shammai people get upset that if he's going to say that Allah follows Betelil, so that's going to affect these children that are, um, or it's going to affect the yeah the children that come from the relationship that the Yabam will have with the Tzara. These children are going to be pigumim. They're going to be pasula keuna. And then whatever you said, they want, like he said, I don't want them to break my skull if I give them this rule, meaning I'm the posel, make pigam, the children over here, vechamai, for the keuna. Good. But then he went on to say that, but you should know that the children of the tzarot, meaning if the, if the tzara went and got married without halitza, you should know there were two families in Yerushalayim, and they did that, and their children were accepted for the keuna, not only the keuna, the keuna gedula. So the Gemara continues to ask, Kaba'u mine tzarot. They asked him a question, what's the thing with the tzarot? The kapashit le benet tzarot. And he comes and answers them a question, the benet tzarot. Which means he didn't answer the question that was asked. So comes the Gemara and says, Kaba'u mine Actually, they asked him two questions. Tsarot mai. First, what's the deen with Tsarot? And if you're going to tell me that the Tsarot follow Betelel, meaning the Tsarot are Asurot, and therefore Asurot to the Yabam, and therefore Mutarot to get married uh, normally without any Halitza, Benet Tsarot Betelel, Lebet Shamai, Mahu. So the question then was, the Benet Sarot the Betelel, the children of the Sarot, Alibad the Betelel, according to Bet Shammai, what is he going to hold of them? So the Gemara says, Who cares what they hold of them? Which is, once you tell me the Halakha is like Betelel, by the Sarot. And uh, why do I care what Bet Shammai's opinion is going to be, Legabe, these children of Betelel? I mean, Betelel will allow the Tzadah to get married, or any, anything. Because she doesn't need a halitza. She can just marry somebody else. So for sure the children are kasher le Betelel. They kasher everything. So the Gemara's question was, the way it's going to be your son. If you hold like Betelel, what are those children going to be alibadeh v'chamay? So the Gemara says, what do we care? Well, we follow Betelel. Once I follow Betelel, it's hypothetical. What do I care alibadeh v'chamay? So the Gemara says, no, it'll help us. L'mifshat vlad ma'azir gilushato le Betelel. It will help us in a similar case. Which means, there's a case of Vlad Mahazir Gerushato. You have a fellow that's married. Correct? He gets divorced. Okay, so far no problem. His wife goes and gets married to somebody else. According to the Torah now, is Yisud Lav, him to remarry his Gerusha. Once she gets married to somebody else, that's considered Mahazir Gerushato. It's Yisud Lav. But if he does get married, Kedushim are Tofes. So now the question is, Vlad from Mahazir Gerushato, what's the status going to be like a Bekehuna? Now where are we going to, which means, uh, what's the status going to be, let's say have a girl, they have a girl, she, is, she, is she considered, let's say, a piguma, halala, or not? Which means, is she going to be permissible to marry, let's say, into the kehuna? Okay, that's that's going to be the question. Now, where are we going to have the source to answer such a question? Well, if we can answer this hypothetical, for Bet Shammai, it'll shine light on the case that affects us, the Mazik Rushato, because... Bet Shammai has the same, same mechanical mechanics in the case. You have a case where uh, a lady was uh, do halitza. You didn't make halitza. She went and got married to somebody else. That's Yisud Lav. So whatever we're going to say by that kid, we can answer for a case. Well, that case doesn't bother us because we don't hold it to Yisud Lav. But we have a case of Yisud Lav that needs clarification. So therefore, it is not coming out. Whatever you can hold by there, it will affect the case of the Vlad of a Mahzik Kiwuna. So... Gemara comes along and says, "Look at that sheet. The mifshat Vlad Mahzig Rushato, Mishneset Laachir. She got married to somebody else. Vehzira, and then he took her back. There's an issue right there. The Yalda Lo Bat, right? They had a daughter. Ota Bat, Mai LeKohanim LeBetelel. What is she to the Kohanim?" Which means, 
So therefore, they want to nafkamina. We wanted to know what would Bet Shemai hold in this case, so we can apply it to a case that is nogeya The question is based on the following two sides. Mi kamri nan kavahomer. Question: Maybe I can make a kavahomer. Uma almana lekohen gadol. The gaben almana who's forbidden to marry a kohen gadol. She'in isura shave bakol. Her isur is not like everybody. Meaning, almana is allowed to marry a kohenidiot, so therefore she has some flexibility. And still, what benapagum? If she marries the kohenidiot, her son is going to be pasul lekeuna zu she isura shave bakol. This lady of imazid grushato is asur to everybody, which means there's no case where it's permissible mahzik gerushato. This lady to mahzik gerushato to to the garush. Is asur. There's no person that she's permissible in such a case. Whereas an almanad, there's certain kwanim she can marry, there's certain kwanim she can't marry. Everyone's asuta, which means every case of mazik rushato is asur. So shavevakol enodin shabin apagum. All the more so, her child should become pagum. That's one side of the kalahomet. Odilma ikal mefrach. I can break the cover home and I can say it like this. Which means, the almana herself, when she marries the Kohen Gadol, she herself becomes a halala. And therefore, it's much more severe. What does it mean she becomes a halala? We'll see the nafka minan rashi. What does it mean that she becomes a halala? But the point is, not only she affects the children, she herself becomes a surah. Therefore, that's why her children are affected. Because she herself becomes a halala. Masha'ik, in the case of Masha'ik and Rishato, uh, nothing happens to her status per se, and therefore could be the kids are permissible. Which means we're putting the uh, comparison, we're breaking the comparison. Don't compare Almana to Masha'ik and Rishato. Granted, uh, the, they're both isud in the marriage, but this, this makes more consequence. The Almana not only is posel her son, but she's posel herself, and therefore that's why maybe she's posel her son. Nothing changes in her status, like we'll see, and therefore could be the child is mutar. The Amar So to that question, that was all posed to the Yeshua. He answered sarot. Well, regarding your first question, sarot mitiare ani. I'm scared. What am I scared? I'm scared to get involved with the question because of the pagam issue. That if I if I say that I follow Betilel, then all those children that were born from the Bet Booms are going to have a pagam on them for Kiwana. So I'm not going there. But regarding the Benetzarot, that question, I will give you a testimony that what? The children are mutarot. Nafkamina for you, the nafkamina will be legabe vlad ma'zig rushato. It'll be mutar as well lekeuna. Mutashema bimer Rabbi Dosa ben Harkinas hutra sarat abat leachin. Means in the times of Rabbi Dosa ben Harkinas hutra sarat abat. Sarat abat was permissible to the brothers. That's. Alibad Bechamai. Shma'mina Asu Shma'mina. From here you see clearly, if already in the times of the Bidosam and Arkinas, they were matiring the Tsarat to the brothers. I mean, they were letting Giboom take place. That means Bechamai obviously stuck to his opinion. And therefore, Shma'mina Asu Shma'mina, that's the conclusive opinion of the Gemara. Now we have to go back to the last Rashi on the Amud Bet to get clarity into this line of the Gemara. He Atzmam Nithalelet. What does it mean the almana herself becomes a halala when she marries a kohen gadol? Rashi. She imet kohen gadol. If the kohen gadol dies, pisula zu lehidiot. That's one explanation. That she's pisula to marry a kohen idiot, which is normally an almana can't marry a kohen idiot. <laughs> However, once she marries a kohen gadol, that's the kohen gadol dies, she's a halala. And therefore, she cannot even marry now a regular Kohen. That's one manifestation of the He Atzma Mithalelet. Or Imaita Bat Kohen Nifsilet Mena Teruma. Let's say she was a Bat Kohen, this uh, Almana. Correct? The normal rule is if, let's say, her husband dies, right? So therefore, uh, actually, yes, yeah, she's able to go back to her father's house and normally eat uh, Teruma. In this case over here, she was uh, married to a Kohen. Mm-hmm. But once already she's married to Kohen Gadol, she becomes halal because it's, it's uh, I'm sorry, once, once her husband, uh, uh, right, once she marries the Queen Gadol, I'm sorry, she becomes Masufa to Rumah. That's another manifestation of Almana Mehalelet.
the shavya halala here. She becomes a halal bibiato. Just with the biya. By the way, Dikhtiv, Lo Yahalil Zaro Be Amav. What does the Be'amav teach us? Be'amav Hainu Ishto. Umashna Dishnehem Mithalilim. Ha'isha Vazira. Not only her, but the children as well become Halalim. Tomar Be Mazir Girishato. Mashaikin in the case of Mazir Girishato. She'en Mithalilit Bibiazu. Which means she doesn't become a halala in the bi'ah of mahzir girusha. Meaning, that bi'ah is not going to possess to a kohen. Why? She was already pasul already in the first of us. So the bi'ah of the mahzir girusha is not possess to keuna. She went in pasul the keuna. Or maybe you'll tell me, well, if she was a bad kohen, she'll be pasul now. Let's say to eat teruma in her father's house, which is let's say her husband uh, dies, she will not be allowed to go back now to her father's house to eat teruma. That's not so. Lo mifsela, she's not pasul for that either. Kedah amrina beperik amanah chayim gadol de'en nifsilat bebiat hibe lavin ela bezar etzlam meikara. She's only pasul from teruma this bat kohen to eat from her father's house if she had a relation with somebody that was forbidden to her. Originally, for example, like a goy. If the lady had not going out relations with a goy, she's never permissible to her. And therefore, she loses her status to go back to her father's house to eat turumah. Masha'inkin, this guy over here that she married, Mahzik there was a sha'ah where she was, he was permissible to her. Therefore, in a case where it's a, a man that she was with, even though it's Hibel Lavin, but he was permissible to her at one time, that does not oset her from going back to her father's house and eating turumah if he dies. So therefore, let's analyze. She doesn't become a... That bi'ah of, of Mahzik doesn't do anything to her. It doesn't oset her from the kehuna, because she was a suf from the kehuna already, she's a girusha. It doesn't oset her from terumah, because she's mutar terumah. Which means she can still eat terumah from her father's house, meaning she's married Israel. Okay? She remarried Israel. Let's say the Israel dies. She can go back to her father's house, her father's father's queen, and continue eating. Tirumah. I would even, but the Torah says uh, that she cannot in such a case. No. She only cannot in the case where she, the fellow that she was with was a czar. What does a czar mean? A stranger to her conclusively. What's the case? What's the case? She's already I'm just already That already is uh, the Torah there for. Like she says, La apukem ma'zig rushatov yibamal lashuk delav zar meikarau. That is amikash. There was a permissibility in that case. Okay. And they will give our answers that indeed Rabbi Yeshua said, continue next Rashi. Sarot b'tiare ani, lomar halakha k'divre mi, demash vul sarot b'tshmai b'nei haibay kiritut, which is, I'm going to make the sarot b'nei haibay kiritut, which is another way of saying that we're going to posel them from the kehuna. We're not going to make them mamzerin, but you make them b'nei haibay kiritut, which is going to be a problem in the kehuna. However, regarding your second question, we have stories in Yerushalayim of two families that actually were accepted into the Kehuna. They were Benet Sarot, that means that, that Sarah went without Haditha, got married to a Kohen, the children were Kasher, and because it's Hibel Avin, and therefore Hibel Avin cannot create a Pagam in the Kehuna, and therefore, uh, we don't say, the Kavahome from the Amana, exactly, and therefore we can answer as well now the case of Vlad, Mahzig, Rushato, that will also be. Permissible. Baruch Hashem. Amen. Amen.